this is your compliance news from CompuServe SA for Monday the 31st of January 2022. In the headlines today, the latest on uh, Omni class of business reporting and FICA compliance reporting, a new wave of bank scams is hitting South Africa, warns an ombud, and uh, why the CCM MA upheld the employee's dismissal for refusing to get vaccinated against COVID-19. We start with the FSCA and whilst they cannot give a definitive timeline, they now do not realistically expect financial service providers to complete the Omni class of business reporting in 2022. According to a spokesperson at the FSCA, it appears that 2023 is now more realistic as uh, the final draft of the report will only go out for comment this year. There was, also, there was also much talk about a FICA compliance report during the rounds that was to be introduced in 2022. However, according to a, another spokesperson at the FSCA, it is now not foreseen that a compliance report will be introduced in the near future. Instead, the regulator intends to continue issuing so-called DPIs, directives to provide information to it. The FSCA will issue correspondence in this regard um, later this year. South Africa is seeing a new wave of attacks on the bank accounts of consumers and small businesses. The Ombudsman for Banking Services said on Friday, and those who fall for such scams may find that they have to live with the, with the consequences, because it is not just up to banks to keep their money safe, reports Business Insider. All indicators are pointing towards the fact that there are new scams and an increasing number of victims, said Ombud Rena Stain in a statement. In 2021, the office recorded losses of 295 million rand just in cases where account holders complained about the conduct of the bank. The Ombud investigated 2,880 individual fraud-related cases, up 7.5% from the previous year. According to Stain, the responsibility is on customers to always remain vigilant and suspicious. The only time the bank will be held liable by the, by the Ombud is when the losses suffered by the customer were because of the bank's negligence or wrongdoing. Meanwhile, security company F-Secure this week released the results of an exercise that saw it target more than 80,000 people across four organisations with commonly used phishing tactics. It found that people in the IT and development operational departments, which help guard against attacks and who are familiar with the risk of phishing, clicked on suspicious links as often or even more so than everyone else. IT employees were also terrible at reporting phishing attempts, ranking far below other departments in how suspicious they were. Last week's CCMA ruling in Theresa Mulder versus the Gold Rush Group, which found that her dismissal for refusing to get vaccinated against COVID-19 was substantially fair, is taken up by constitutional law expert Professor Pierre de Foss. Employees owe a duty of care to safeguard their colleagues and others with whom they are in contact from COVID-19 harm. 
Another lesson is perhaps that doing your own research and embracing widely circulating but misleading or outright false claims about the safety and efficacy of vaccines can cost you your job. Writing on his constitutionally speaking blog, De Foss notes Molderjay applied for an exemption as provided for in the company's policy, ostensibly based on a claim to the right to bodily integrity guaranteed in Section 12 of the Bill of Rights. The company's exemption committee declined her application for an exemption because it had, it had identified her as a high-risk individual who interacted with colleagues daily while on duty in confined, uncontrollable spaces. She was therefore at risk and would potentially expose other colleagues to the risk of possible infection. The presiding officer at the subsequent disciplinary hearing concluded that she was permanently incapacitated based on her decision to not get vaccinated and by implication her refusal to participate in the creation of a safe working environment. De Foss notes the Labour Relations Act recognises incapacity as a legitimate ground for dismissal. In this case, incapacity arose because her refusal to get vaccinated made it impossible for her to do the job for which she was employed. The CCMA confirmed the fairness of her dismissal. In a notice in the Government Gazette, National Treasury has announced that a new set of levies and charges against the financial sector, as contained in the Financial Sector and Deposit Insurance Levies Bill, has been introduced to Parliament. Finance Minister Idolf Godongwana introduced the bill to the National Assembly on the 25th of January. According to its explanatory summary, it provides for the imposition of financial sector levies on supervised entities, the imposition of a deposit insurance levy, exemption from such levies under circumstances, the allocation of amounts levied to financial sector bodies. For FSPs, it may mean having to pay significantly higher levies if the Financial Sector and Deposit Insurance Levies Bill is passed into law in its current form. The Corporation for Deposit Insurance will administer the Deposit Insurance Fund, which is designed to protect the bank deposits of financial customers. The bills also provide for the imposition of more levies on the financial sector to fund the Prudential Authority, the FSCA, the Financial Services Tribunal, the Financial Ombuds Schemes Council, the Statutory Ombuds and the Corporation for Deposit Insurance. Apart from the FSCA levy and the Phase Ombud levy, FSPs will also pay new levies to fund the Financial Services Tribunal and the Financial Ombud Schemes Council. The special levy will be imposed in the two years immediately following the date on which the Act takes effect to fund establishing the Twin Peaks regulatory structure. For FSCA um, entities or those that fall under the FSCA, the special levy will be 7.5% of the normal annual levy paid by the supervised authority. Moonstone recently um, did a comparison of the levies that were announced for 2021 with those in Schedule 2 of the proposed bill. For the a Category 1 and 4 FSP, it is said that the FSP levy will increase from 3,792 Rand to 4,000 Rand, a 5.49% increase. 
The levy for categories 2, 2A and 3 goes up from 7,642 Rand to 8,000 Rand, a 4.68% increase. The phase ombud levy decreases slightly, while the levy on uh, representatives and uh, category A's are set to increase. No doubt more information on this as uh, the Financial Sector and Deposit Insurance Levies Bill goes through normal parliamentary channels. The Office of the uh, Ombud for Financial Service Providers is relocating from its Erasmus Kloof offices to new premises in Menland Central, Pretoria. The move has become necessary as a result of the expiry of the current lease period. The new premises, situated at 125 Dallas Avenue, Waterkloof Glen, Pretoria, came with many benefits, one of which is that the location is strategically placed in the heart of the Menland business node, making it not only closer to other regulatory offices of note, but providing easy access to consumers and staff using public transport. Stakeholders and consumers are requested to take note of the following arrangements that have been implemented to allow for work to continue while the processes regarding relocation in the, to the new offices commence, um, commenced last week. All the phase ombud staff will continue to work remotely from Monday the 24th of January until Monday the 21st of February. This is to allow for the finalisation of office arrangements and installations. The phase ombud consumers and stakeholders will not have access to the offices while the relocation processes are being implemented until the 21st of February. For any general inquiries, the Phase Ombuds Office can be reached on 012-762-5000. Those wishing to lodge a complaint can do so by contacting the office on 086-066-3274 and complaints can also be lodged via the office's new complaints portal on the website www.phaseombud.co.za. And finally, some briefs. The U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission has charged German Nino, a former securities broker and investment advisor rep for UBS Financial Services, with stealing $5.8 million from a long-standing client. The SEC's complaint alleges that Nino stole the funds from his client's account over nearly a six-year period and used the majority of the money on gifts for several women with whom he had romantic relationships. And from the UK, the UK's FCA is acting to address concerns about the ease and speed with which people can make higher risk investments by proposing a significant strengthening of its rules on how high risk financial products are marketed. This is a central element of the FCA's consumer investment strategy published in September 2021, which aims to give consumers the confidence to invest and reduce the number of people who are investing in high-risk products that are not aligned to their needs. Under the proposed rules, the FCA would ensure firms that approve and communicate financial marketing have relevant expertise and understanding of the investments being offered improve risk warnings on ads and ban incentives to invest, for example, new joiner or refer-a-friend bonuses. Those looking to make certain high-risk investments would also be asked more robust questions about their knowledge and investment experience after research found many consumers were investing without being aware of the risks. 
The draft rules include proposed restrictions, restrictions on the marketing of crypto assets in preparation for the government bringing the promotion of these high-risk investments under the FCA's remit. When it does, the FCA plans to categorize qualifying crypto assets as restricted mass market investments, meaning consumers would only be able to respond to crypto asset financial promotions if they are classified as restricted, high net worth or sophisticated investors. Firms issuing such promotions would have to adhere to the rulebook of the FCA, such as the requirement to be clear, fair and not misleading. The FCA in the UK is currently inviting feedback on its proposals by the 23rd of March 2022. And from the CompuServe news desk, I'm James George.